Well, congratulations. We have all made it the last Sunday of 2020. Wow, we did it. Hooray, God did it. And God provided in such marvelous, unexpected, incredible, amazing ways throughout this year. As we look ahead to 2021, we know he will do the same. As I've shared next Sunday, my sermon on January 3rd is 2021. Finally, (laughs) that's kind of how I felt looking forward uh, to that great moment when we turn the page on the year 2020. And yet it has taught us so much. It has taught us to be dependent upon God in many ways more so than uh, any other year that we've experienced recently. It has taught us to depend on each other, uh, to provide for each other, to be concerned for each other, to, to check on each other. Uh, to be willing to help each other. Uh, It has reminded us that even if we're not here in person, we can be here through the wonderful blessing of technology in the 21st century. Uh, What a blessing it is to have an online church family that has been worshiping with us regularly in so many ways. I know Joyce and our uh, daughter and son-in-law and grandson Isaac are all watching online and worshiping with us today from home as so many of our members are and so many that are extended family of our West Irwin uh, church and we're grateful for your presence and your participation and what you bring and for all of those that are here today what a blessing it is to be together with church family to sing these great songs of faith and to remind ourselves of the core of our faith the core of our hope. I believe in Jesus. This is the last sermon in the series, What I Believe and Why. We've been sharing about that over the last few months, looking at some things about some of our core doctrines. As I thought about a, a sermon series for the fall, I thought, you know, it would be great for us to be reminded once again of the core of our faith, those things that are part of those beliefs and structures, the spokes in that wheel that stem from the core of our belief in Jesus Christ. And so we have shared throughout these last several weeks what I believe and why. It's important for us to pass along our faith, what we believe to our children, to our grandchildren. But it's also important for us to pass along to them why we believe those things and why it is credible for them to believe those things. It is still faith. (laughs) Faith is still faith. It always will be, but it is a credible faith. One day Jesus will return and our faith will be turned to sight. But in the meantime, we live by faith, not by sight. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, very plainly. But that faith is a credible faith. It is not a faith that is based on nothing. It is a faith that is based on the word of God. And it is a faith that is based on our experience of living with God through difficult times and through times of victory and blessing, realizing that he is present in them all. What I believe and why. At the center of our faith is this. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Everything stems from that. If that's not where we start from, then we're starting at the wrong place. I believe in Jesus. 
as we have sung today in these marvelous songs that Rusty has led us in today, I believe that he's the answer for me. If you're looking for answers anywhere else, you will come up short. You may not come up short today or this week, but one day you will come up short because Jesus is the only one who is the ultimate answer for me. He is the one, only one who is the ultimate answer for us. I believe in Jesus. That scripture passage that so many know and can quote right off the top of their heads, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son that whoever would believe in him would not die, but would have eternal, everlasting life. Jesus himself said in John 8, unless you believe that I am, unless you believe that I am he, then you will die in your sins. Paul told us in Romans 10 that we must believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord and make that confession with our mouth. In Mark 16, the one who believes and is baptized shall be saved. The one who does not believe will be condemned. As Paul and Silas were in jail and singing hymns and delivered by God in a very powerful way and saved the life of this jailer, his physical life first and then his spiritual life when he came to them and said, what do I do to be saved? Their answer was this, believe, you've got to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And starting from there, they shared with him the message of the gospel and they shared with him what it means to respond in faith. And that very same hour of the night, he was baptized and all of his family into Jesus Christ. The writer of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 11, that great honor roll of faith begins by telling us what he's about to write about, faith. Faith is being certain of the things we can't be certain of, (laughs) things we don't see. It's being assured of the things we can't be sure of. And yet, we are sure. We are certain. Why? Because I believe in Jesus. Without that faith, he says in verse 6, it is impossible to please God. We must believe that he exists, and we must believe that he keeps his promises. I believe in Jesus. So as we close out this series today, I just want to share a few things about that belief in Jesus Christ. Number one, I believe that Jesus came to this earth and lived as a human. Yes, many in the world celebrate the birth of Christ this week, over the last several weeks, over the last month or so. And I think that's a great thing. Anytime the world points their attention to Jesus Christ, I'm in. I'm in favor of that. Granted, there are some things that are more, uh, that are uh, less than what scripture teaches, I understand that as well. But just as Paul said, while he was in jail and people were preaching Christ outside of his house arrest for all kinds of different reasons and motives, some good, some bad, some pure, some impure, Paul said, it doesn't matter. I'll let God take care of all of that. For me, the fact that Jesus' name is being shared out there, I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. And I think that's a great attitude to have. That's certainly the way I believe. And so we believe that Jesus came to this earth and lived as a human. And whatever day that was, (laughs) it was a day that was celebrated. 
Matthew reminds us that Jesus' name would be Emmanuel because it is God with us, because what was conceived in Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. God with us. Very unique way so that he could be our Savior. Luke, in the first couple of chapters, tells more of that whole story, the story of Jesus' birth and the celebration that took place that began with an angel announcing it to nearby shepherds. And then the angels just couldn't keep quiet. They they had to gather, they had to praise, they had to glorify God because his plan was now becoming reality. And they couldn't hold it in. And the shepherds couldn't stay with the sheep. They said, look, we've got to go see this sight. And they worshiped. And later on, who knows how long later, probably much later than when they were at the stable, Now in a more permanent place, but still there in Bethlehem, wise men, magi came to worship based on the revelation that they had had that the king of the Jews was coming. John gives us that great picture in the first chapter of John. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word was active in creation and the word is sustainer of life and the word is the revealer of light and life. And the word became flesh and lived for a while among us. And we saw his glory firsthand, John could say. And we saw how he came and revealed, was full of grace and truth. I believe that Jesus came to this earth and lived as a human. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe that that birth happened, that those angels sang, that those shepherds and wise men worshiped, and that Mary and Joseph saw that baby born that special, special day. I believe that Jesus came to this earth and lived as a human. I believe, secondly, that Jesus died for my sins. All four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, write extensively about the death of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. They tell the story of his betrayal. They tell the story of his trials, quote-unquote, They tell the story of how he was first uh, appearing before the Jewish leadership and then was sent to the Roman governor, Pilate, who saw him as an innocent man but was too weak to act on it. And the people that should have been there to defend Jesus and to demand his release were instead shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate realized that if he was going to go anywhere politically that he had to go along and he did I believe that Jesus died for my sins and so after beating him and flogging him and humiliating him they made him carry his cross until he collapsed and got someone else to do it and then arriving at the place of the skull Golgotha Calvary in Latin there they nailed him to the tree and crucified him and from that cross The gospel writers record seven great and wonderful, amazing, incredible statements, making sure that his mother was cared for, pronouncing forgiveness, praying for the people who were taking his life. Father, forgive them, he said, 
acknowledging that his life was over. It is finished. But realizing that even though he had cried out, where are you, Father? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remembering that great Psalm 22 and the suffering and deliverance of the psalmist. Ultimately, Jesus would say, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. In life and in death, that's what Jesus did. He committed himself and his spirit to the Father. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Third, I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. If Calvary was the end of the story, we would not be here today. We simply would not be here today. But our hope comes because the tomb that Jesus was placed in after his death is empty. And it became empty just three short days afterwards. All four gospel writers record the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the tomb was empty, that they couldn't find him, and that, then that he began to appear, first to Mary and then to others that some of the disciples saw him and that ultimately all 11 of the remaining apostles saw him and others as well, many others in the words ahead. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul recounts a list of some of those, including himself, who saw the resurrected Lord Jesus. For many of them, they saw him dead and then they saw him alive. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. I think our faith Our hope, our joy, our worship, everything hinges on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything hinges on the resurrection. If you want to disprove Christianity, then disprove the resurrection. But on the other side of that, if the resurrection cannot be denied, then the Christian faith cannot be denied either. And I believe that the resurrection happened. I believe that that tomb was found empty. I believe that when the soldiers reported that he was gone and they went to their supervisors and they, the Jews and the Romans got together, even though they had established that Jesus had claimed he was going to do this. So let's make the the tomb secure. Let's put the seal of the emperor. Let's put a great big t- stone that no one can roll away by themselves. Let's put an extra guard there of armed Roman soldiers who know firsthand that their lives would be over if anything happened to the body that they were guarding. And then when the tomb was empty and they came up with this story that these weak, Disciples that all ran for their lives the night he was arrested came and overpowered this guard and moved that stone and stole the body of Jesus. I think it's more credible actually to believe in the resurrection than that. If there had been no resurrection, if the body of Jesus remained in that tomb, when three days later people started saying it wasn't there, that he was alive, when in less than two months in the very same city where all of this happened, Jerusalem, the disciples and followers of Jesus began to say, we've seen him, we've seen him alive.
man, you must be, you must believe in him and you must repent of your sins and confess that faith and be baptized into Jesus Christ. And 3,000, less than two months later, were baptized beginning that first day and then every day adding more and more and more. If that had happened in the city within just a couple of months, all the Romans, all the Jews would have to do is to have a big parade to the tomb have a close-up that shows the seal is still there, the stone is still there. Get permission from the emperor, open up the seal, open up the, the tomb. There, there's Jesus' body, right there. They never did that. They never did that. The one thing that would have defeated Christianity from the start, they never did it. Why? Because the body wasn't there. Because they had to come up with some other story. Because Jesus had been raised from the dead. I I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. Luke in Acts 1 reminds us that he did that. And he also reminds us that before he ascended, he gave us our marching orders to be witnesses to everyone of what we have seen and what we have heard and what we have experienced through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. Fourth, I believe that Jesus will return and take me to heaven. I believe that. We've all been praying that that would happen in 2020. (laughs) And it could still happen. There's nothing that has to be done keeping Jesus from returning. I believe that very strongly. I believe that the words of Peter are exactly the truth in 2 Peter 3 that the only reason Jesus hasn't returned yet is because of the love and mercy of God who each day gives people an opportunity to repent and he just will not take that opportunity away yet. But as Peter says, one day the day of the Lord will come and Jesus will return and everything physical will be completely destroyed And we will all stand before the Lord in judgment. And those who have trusted in that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ will live for eternity. I believe that Jesus will return and take me to heaven. I believe what Jesus told his disciples in John 14 to comfort them when he said, I'm going to leave you, that's right. But the good news is I'm going to go prepare your spots. And if I'm going to do that, then that means you know that I'm going to come back for you. Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians 15 and also 2 Corinthians 5 as that time when we'll all be changed, when the perishable puts on the imperishable, when that which can be destroyed, the physical, is replaced with that which can never be destroyed, the eternal. And so we, as Paul cautions and tells the the Thessalonians to do. We comfort one another with these words, knowing that those who have lost loved ones that we have shared about today, that those loved ones will be raised first. The dead in Christ will rise first, Paul says. Then those who are alive at the time of his coming will join them and the Lord in the air and will be forever together with the Lord. I believe that Jesus will return and take me to heaven. And number five, I believe that Jesus is with me 
until he returns. We love to sing the heaven songs and we love to think about that moment when Jesus appears and then we look around and we say, yeah, but that hasn't happened yet. And so now I still have to live. I still have to live in this world. I still have to live in 2020, at least for a few more days. And then I have to live in 2021 and there's still going to be a pandemic. There's still going to be social unrest. There's still going to be weakness and, and health problems and illness and unhappiness and failing marriages and loss of jobs and all the things that are going to always happen in the world. Jesus said it as he was describing his own return. He said, look, there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be all these things. And those are not signs that he's about to come. That is the way of the world. That's just to say these things are always going to be there until I stop them. And one day I will. But no one knows when that day or that hour will be. Jesus said, but I can tell you this. In the meantime, I will be with you. I won't take away all your struggles. I won't take away all the problems. But I promise that whatever happens, I will be with you. You will never be at a point where you have to be away from me. From the very beginning It was announced, Jesus' name, Emmanuel, God with us. And then the other end of those bookends of Matthew in chapter 28. To go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything that I've commanded you. Why? Because the goal is disciples. Not just converts, disciples, people who will be there even through pandemic years (laughs) and will remain close to the Lord. But he doesn't end it at that verse. He ends it with the next statement, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. He reminds his disciples in John 14 that I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you as orphans. I am sending my spirit that will continue my presence with you. And it's that spirit that lives in each and every one of us that have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 13, the writer of Hebrews reminds us, God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What an incredible promise. I shared with you before earlier in December that the Number one verse in the YouVersion Bible app that was searched for and read and bookmarked in 2020 is Isaiah 41, verse 10, and it's on your outline. And that verse reads this way. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't be afraid. I am with you. We've experienced that in so many ways this year and have experienced that great promise, that great blessing. As Jay shared from Philippians chapter three, it has helped us to be able to say, I will press on. I will continue to glorify God in every ounce of my being. And we have experienced that in many ways here at West Irwin and throughout God's kingdom 
We have experienced that this year. And I want you to know that the difficulties that we have been through this year have allowed us to experience joys and blessing and reminders of God's presence that could not have come otherwise. Over these past several months, we have received in the office a a little short card with a contribution about every month or so from a friend of ours in Springtown, Texas, a friend we've never met. A man who found us online when churches were being, having to worship online. And Roger found us and he sends us a card and a contribution every month. And I want you to know, Roger, it means a lot to us. It means a lot to me personally. The latest contribution that he gave had this note attached with it. Every Sunday, the West Irwin Church of Christ meets to bring praise and adoration to the living God. The sermons each Sunday fill the needs we all have need of in our lives. The broadcast is so needed in my life. It is the time when I can hear songs and prayers and praise. It is the hour that I have found helps me to know the Bible in depth. Yes, 2020 is a challenge. Preach on, brother. (laughs) But Roger continues, the West Irwin Church of Christ has helped me during challenging times. Thank you very much. And I want you to know that Roger sent that card with a contribution as he does most every month. But then within a week or so, we got another one. We got another contribution. We got another note. And this is what the note said. This is for the special contribution. What an amazing blessing our online church family is. You think we have blessed you. You have blessed us so very much. This past weekend, Joyce and I, as you know, Davey Carter preached a wonderful sermon here, and I appreciate the time off. We we stole away for one night, uh, went to Jefferson, stayed at a bed and breakfast. It was a wonderful weekend. And uh, and that just so happens that that was the date of the special contribution. So I want you to know that we didn't run out because of that. (laughs) We still gave ours online like we've been doing for months. Um, But while we were away, we did not get to watch it live. And while we were away, I got another note, a message on Facebook, I believe, from a friend of mine from San Antonio, from the time I became a Christian my freshman year of high school in 1972. This lady was a member there, and her family is uh, very special to us, and she has found us again and has been worshiping with us online again. And after our special contribution... And after the announcement, this is the note that she sent to me. She said, oh my goodness, four exclamation points. The amount of your special contribution, two exclamation points. I am not going to tell you. (laughs) You need to hear that from one of your elders or members. I went to share that with others and tears came to my eyes. I was wondering why you all would do this a week before Christmas. And not only that, but during the pandemic. What generous hearts. This is from a person that's not even a member here, but has been touched by your faith. God bless you. And my response to her was simply this, after we listened and heard the amount. Absolutely amazing. Joyce and I just heard, incredible, praise God. Love our West Irwin family, including folks like you, dear sister out there in the internet world who worship with us 
and pray for us and are very much a part of our church family and ministry. We are overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed, not like the rest of the world is, with the difficulties of a pandemic, of social upheaval, of a very uncertain future. We are overwhelmed with the love and presence of God. We are overwhelmed with the hope that cannot be taken away because we believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus came to this earth and lived as a human. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. I believe that Jesus will return and take me to heaven. I believe that Jesus is with me until he returns. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Lord of all, and my Savior. I know whom I have believed. We sang and Paul wrote. And I am absolutely persuaded that he is able to keep everything I've committed to him until that day comes when he makes everything right. I believe that Jesus is the son of God, the Lord of all and my savior. And because of that and everything else we've shared today, I have decided to follow Jesus. This morning, if that's your decision and we can help you with that, come as we stand and sing together.